Hello and welcome in to the first edition of the Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Uh, coming at you with for our longtime listeners uh, with a repeat performance from our man Eric Wagner. Had to get some more expertise on the hockey end, not necessarily where Cody's wheelhouse is. So me and Eric are going to come to, at you uh, today with this podcast. We're going to preview the Stanley Cup playoffs here. Eric, you want to give uh, a hello to the audience here? Hey guys, how's it going? Excited for the playoffs to start. Actually watch some entertaining hockey games rather than the garbage the Blackhawks have been giving me. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, I'm a Blues fan. Eric's a Blackhawks fan. So neither one of us have a dog in this race. So coming at it with completely unbiased opinions across the board here as far as uh, how we're viewing things. Uh, we're going to give uh, a couple of big storylines off the top for uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs then going to give a couple Stanley Cup picks. We're going to give our actual picks and then uh, a couple dark horse selections and then we'll go through each series and uh, have some best bets lined up for uh, each series for for both of us. We'll give a, uh, you know, short synopsis of each series and uh, talk about uh, a couple of the storylines that we like uh, for each of those games, but let's go ahead and start it off with those big storylines that I referenced earlier. First one, I think um, is probably the easiest one off the top here. It's can the Bruins overcome the president's trophy curse. Uh, I believe it's been since the uh, the Red Wings are the last team to win the Stanley Cup after winning the president's trophy. I'm not sure about that, but uh, I think that is... What's that? I said asterisk by the 2013 Blackhawks, but shortened yeah, season. Yeah, that's yeah, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the, uh, the, the biggest storyline coming into this Stanley Cup playoffs. Do you have anything to add as far as the uh, the president's trophy curse is concerned or just the Bruins' chances in general? Um, not particularly. I just love the comparison everybody's been making to the last dance for that team. And obviously at the time, that team did set the record and win the um, championship. So we'll see if the Bruins can follow in those footsteps. Yeah, we'll get to their series in a little bit here and kind of go in over their uh, first round chances a little bit more in depth when we get to them. Uh, my next one that I have on here is can the Maple Leafs finally get out of the first round? Uh, as uh, a Blues fan this year, obviously uh, my chances have been pretty much moot since we sold at the deadline. So the Maple Leafs have sort of become my second team partly because Ryan O'Reilly is now a Maple Leaf, but also partly because I, uh, you know, can sympathize with a team that has a long Stanley Cup drought as uh, mine shortly, mine ended a short few years ago, but um, I, I, f I find myself a little bit torn if I want to just wallow in their misery or if I want to actually see them make a run. So what do you think of their chances? I really like, I think that Kyle Dubas, added the right kind of players at the deadline. I think, uh, like you said, Ryan O'Reilly is a great pickup for the playoffs. He's exactly the kind of player that team needs. But sadly, that Atlantic division, they got Tampa Bay still. Um, I like their chances this year more than last year, but that, that Bolts team, there's something else. Yeah, it's really tough for Kyle Dubas, too, because he's obviously not on the ice. I think he's done everything he can as a GM, but it's really just going to come down to whether they get out of the first round or not as far as his uh, his future with that organization, most likely. So completely out of his hands at this point. Hopefully for Leafs fans, they can uh, at least win a round. I think I think without that, uh, do you think I, I would have, I would imagine Dubas is moving on after this year if they don't get out of the first round again. Uh, it'd yeah. be a tough, tough look for the Maple Leafs to hang on to him after that. Uh, my next big storyline, is this the year for McDavid to make a run? I think uh, the West is 
probably more wide open than it's been in the last five or six years. His team a little bit more complete than it has been in years past coming in here. Uh, I think their uh, their path is pretty clear as far as uh, you know just where they they ended up in the uh, the, the the end of it here with the, the Kings, and then they get to avoid the Avalanche until the conference finals uh, if they make it there. That team also not quite as strong as it was last year. So yeah. I think if McDavid and the Oilers are ever going to make a run, this is their year. Yeah, certainly. Uh, uh, that yeah, go. You have, you have anything to add there? Uh, no, I was just going to say similar to the Leafs. I think Matthias Ekholm's the perfect addition for that team. So I think he'll go a long way in the playoffs, especially. Yeah, they've been playing really well lately too. Uh, I think nine and one in their last ten coming into the playoffs. So uh, things are lining up for the Oilers pretty well. Books are really, really on them. They are, I think, the third favorites to win uh, as far as Vegas is concerned, which uh, is a little surprising to me, but probably should tell you about how uh, how good their chances are this year. Colorado, I think, is the other big storyline out West. Can they find their championship form? This team has just kind of been, uh, you know, there's just been a little bit off all year. One guy has been hurt. That guy gets healthy. Another guy gets hurt. Uh, they are a pretty top-heavy team at this point. Their depth has been a little bit uh, diluted, you know, with Nazem Kadri leaving in the offseason. Uh, a few of their other depth pieces, you know, this is kind of what happens to Stanley Cup contenders uh, and winners especially, but uh, Colorado finding the championship form, I think, is going to be the uh, the storyline out west. And then if if they do, I imagine they'll uh, they'll probably take the conference because it's uh, it's pretty weak beyond them and I guess the Oilers. I like their chances of flipping the switch. I think Nathan McKinnon showed us last year in the playoffs. He has that that ability. Yeah, high end talent plays up in the playoffs in the in hockey, as we'll get to. But uh, obviously, you can just. You know, you're not going to run Nathan McKinnon out there for 25 minutes in yeah. a regular season game, but you can in the playoffs, and they will. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the arms race in the East is going to leave a lot of fans disappointed. Eric uh, noted this before we started this pod, that the Carolina Hurricanes are the only team in the Eastern Conference playoffs that has their first-round pick. Absolutely amazing. A lot of teams going all in, but... Not everybody can win, and uh, you know there's going to be more losers than winners. A lot of teams are going to be really disappointed because uh, all of them basically pushed their chips into the middle, so to speak. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Which team do you think had the best deadline in the East? I think it was Boston, personally. I think Orlov and Bertuzzi is a great fit there, too. Yeah, I like Boston's quite a bit just because they didn't end up they, – they kind of – they let the market come to them a little bit. Yeah, they yeah. they didn't overpay for anybody. Um, I, I think the, the flashy pick would be the Rangers, but I think they – you know, they, they theirs was more headline than substance in my opinion yeah, I, as far as the acquisitions they made. Uh, the Bruins, yeah, like you said, they didn't give up the farm, and they got two really helpful players that just fit with and their team and their needs perfectly. Such a piece of garbage. <laughs> perfect player to have in the playoffs for sure. He's a, he's a, he's a ready-made Bruin. Um, let's go ahead and jump over to our Stanley cup picks here. So we're going to start off with our, uh, our favorites to just actually win the Stanley cup. Then we'll do dark horse picks after that. That is a little bit more, uh, uh have a betting side to it, but I like Colorado. We talked about them off the top. I really think this just comes down to, uh, their path being very clear here, uh, in the Western conference. Like we said, not a ton, of strong teams. I think if we did, uh, if we had a list of the 10 best teams in the NHL, how many of them would be on the Eastern side of the bracket? Eight, maybe uh, seven, eight. I mean, it's, it yeah. would be a lot of the top 10 on the other side. So their, their path to the final is pretty clear. And 
even though they're at the second highest odds on the board, I believe it's plus six fifty. I think I would uh, I would take take them and their odds to uh, to win the cup here. Uh, I don't know. What do you what do you think about the Avalanche and their chances? Um, I feel the same, not the same, but I also like their odds. Um, I think they got a good chance at repeating. I love their defensive core. Uh, when you were saying they were a little bit thinner earlier, I was going to say only really on the forward and because they're D core, they got three pairs that they could play 20 minutes a night if they had to. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, throw your pick out there for me. I got the Edmonton Oilers. Um, they got the third highest odds on the board at plus 800. Um, they got the best player in the world. Connor McDavid just scored 64 goals. Um, Leon Dreisaitl, also a top five player in the world. And then, like I said earlier, Matias Ekholm really rounded out that defensive core. I think Barry out Ekholm in really makes them a lot more playoff ready team. And I think they're a lot more prepared to give the Avalanche a run for their money this year if they meet up in the conference final. Yeah, if their goaltending can just keep them afloat, I think that's the one big question for them as far as, um, you know, if going making a deep run, uh, one of those goalies is going to have to get hot and at least, uh, you know, give them 9-15 hockey. And if that's the, if they're, if they're getting that out of the goalie, they're going to be a dangerous team for sure. And like I said earlier for the Avalanche, same thing goes for the Oilers. High-end talent plays up in the playoffs because you can, you know, put your foot, uh, pedal to the metal as a, as so to speak, as far as, uh, playing those guys a little bit extra. And, you know, that's just going to give you an advantage, especially when you have two of the best five players in the world. Let's get a couple dark horse picks. Uh, I'm going to go way down the board here uh, to the New York Islanders. They are plus 5,000. That's 50 to one on the, uh, on the board. That is the lowest odds uh, that, that there are. I think they just have a couple of uh, good features for a team looking to make a run uh, from a dark horse perspective. They have, arguably the best goalie in the league and they get the slightly easier side of the bracket in the East Carolina, uh, losing Andre Svechnikov a couple weeks ago, they've been a little bit weaker and, uh, you know, they, they would get to avoid Boston or Toronto or Tampa until the conference final theoretically. So I think, uh, obviously it's a long shot. That's why it's at 50 to one, but I think, uh, if, if, you know, Sorokin just goes nuclear, uh, they could, make a run in the East, just similarly to how they did uh, a couple years ago, yeah. getting to the conference final a couple times. So I think it's a, it's a recipe we've already seen play out. Uh, they're missing one part of that recipe though. And that man is Barry Trotz. Yeah, that's, that's fair. And he, he definitely was a big part of that, but I think, um, you know, the, the ingredients are still there. Uh, but yeah, again, this, that's why it's 50 they, to one. We're not, not expecting it to happen. I love the number. There, to, plus 50. Throw yours out there. Uh, my dark horse is actually, the matchup for my favorite, the LA Kings at uh, 22 to one. And I like them. They gave the Oilers just about all they could handle last year when McDavid and Dreisaitl were absolutely just teeing off in the playoffs. Um, their biggest issue the entire season has been goaltending. And I think Corpus Allo has really stabilized that since he arrived. They have a really playoff ready forward core. Kopitar obviously proven to know and then Byfield's really grown this year. He's been moved up and down the lineup. He can play 3C. He's been on Kopitar's wing a little bit. I think if they can make it out of the first round, they got a good chance at making it to the Western Conference Final. And then who knows once you make it that far. Yeah, similarly, the Oilers, they have that theoretically nice matchup in the second round against the Knights or the Jets, two of the perceived weaker teams in the field overall here uh, in the playoffs. So... 
I like their path. I'm not as big on the Kings. I'm going to wait to, uh, you know, give my analysis until we get to the series because we'll uh, we'll just rehash all of this when we do that. So let's go ahead and start previewing these series here. We're going to start out east. We'll start with the President's Trophy winning Boston Bruins playing the Florida Panthers uh, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, we both have the Bruins winning this one. Uh, and I think uh, this one really just comes down to can Florida hang with the Boston Bruins at all? Uh, Eric, do you give them any shot of making this a series? Um, no, I don't. Um, my best bet is actually that it's a series sweep. And the only reason I don't have Boston as four is because of that president's trophy curse you mentioned earlier. If they somehow get tampered, I still get my money. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually interesting. I, I was I was wondering if that series sweep uh, here in the dock was just the Bruins or if it goes either way. But um, that yeah, that would that would I I could see that happening too. Florida does not match up that well with Boston in my opinion. Their 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 decor is just not very deep, and even the high end of their decor has not played very well this year. Yeah, Aaron Eckblad has had a really down season and uh, they don't have a ton behind him that scares you, especially from the Bruins standpoint. And uh, I know we've seen Bobrovsky do this before. He was the goalie on that uh, Blue Jackets team yeah. we just referenced that beats the Lightning, but he just hasn't been the same guy the past couple of years. Uh, yeah. I, you can see any, but any goalie could get hot for, you know, six to seven games, but he would have to. Uh, Spencer really... Knight's got a better shot of being that goalie than Bobrovsky sure. this year. I, I would a hundred percent agree with that, but. Uh, in either case, uh, you, they would have to just they would have to basically steal these games for them because it's going to be really tough for them on the defensive end. They do have a couple nice, uh, you know, high end talent type players, Matthew Kachuk uh, and Mr. Barkov. Uh, Alexander Barkov is also a really, really high end player, but uh, without the the depth of the decor, uh, I just I really think they're going to have a lot of trouble with the Bruins. So I my best bet was Bruins in five. I gave the I gave the Panthers a game. It's a plus three hundred, but I could talked into a sweep as well so i don't think either one of us are going to really go to bat for the panthers here unfortunately i i would have rather seen the islanders match up against the bruins yeah, i think that would have been um, a lot more fun would have been a violent series yeah i think they their 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 recipe is just a little bit better as far as uh yeah you know, how pulling they this upset off really slowing these games down and uh you know limiting the chances on both sides that's not really how the panthers are going to play this it's going to be tough for them um, let's go ahead and move on to the other uh, series in the Atlantic. That's Toronto and Tampa. Once again, running this back after last year, Lightning took it in seven, very famously. Uh, we both had the Leafs winning this one, although I could be talked into either side, honestly. I The series right now, the prices on uh, Toronto and Tampa are pretty interesting. Toronto minus 155 to Tampa's plus 135. That's actually a bigger favorite than I imagined Toronto being even with the, uh, the superior regular season they had, I'd probably yeah. take, uh, you know, the plus money on Tampa because I think this is much closer to a coin flip than that. In my opinion, uh, do you want to just give your thoughts on this series real quick? Yeah. I mean, after you saw it last year, who wouldn't want to run it back? Um, I think we probably got another seven gamer in us. Um, yeah, I think we should just be great hockey all around. Yeah, it's going to be going to be a really good series. Again, I, I think it's hard for me to, to sit here and I'm not going to pound the table for the Leafs because I think this could easily go either way. Just like last year, I'm expecting six or seven games. I think uh, just for the memes and the lulls, you have to throw a little bit of money on Lightning in seven at plus 600 yeah. because 
if it gets to a game seven, we all know that those uh, the the boys in the the blue jerseys are going to be gripping their sticks pretty tightly. So I could easily see the Lightning winning that one, uh, and they're obviously going to have all the confidence in the world in that situation. Just uh, yeah. you know, having won all of the series that they've won the past few years, and uh, obviously having specifically in to, game uh, seven, no less. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So if it goes seven, I, I'm not sure the city of Toronto is going to survive that. Uh, Steve Dangle may die on air uh, if they lose another game seven. Rip and the man. I, I know. Uh, <laughs> I I can't decide if I want that to happen or not, but uh, th- that should be a really fun series. It's it's again. I, I think it just could easily go either way. Going to go six or seven most likely. Let's hop over to the Metro here, uh, Carolina and the Islanders. This is the first time that we are going to have some dissension as far as our picks go. I am going to take the underdog Islanders in this situation. Um, again, I think this is just this series just comes down to being much more of a coin flip than most people probably perceive it to be. I think these uh, the Islanders are going to use the formula they've used the past few years, really slow the game down, limit the chances on both ends, and just uh, you know try to win a couple two one hockey games here. And without Andrei Svechnikov, the Carolina Hurricanes, I think, are going to have trouble scoring five on five. So uh, I think it could easily go either way, but I'll lean the side of chaos and take the Islanders. I don't even really disagree with a lot of you said what you said. However, I think the Hurricanes play a very similar style of game to the Islanders where there's not a lot going on. And you uh, partner that with the already just stagnant offense the Islanders bring, I think they're going to have a real tough time scoring goals. Um, and I think uh, Rod Brindamore is by far the better coach in the series. And I think Carolina has more depth up front and they can replace the what they've lost with Svechnikov easier than you realize, which brings me to my best bet, Seth Jarvis, to lead the series in goals. Um, he's reunited on that Terravine in an Ajo wing. He spent some time away from them this season, but... He was pretty good for them last year in the playoffs, playing with those two specifically um, at plus twenty two thousand or plus twenty two hundred. I like the bet a lot. Yeah, you're probably going to only need four. Maybe yeah, five goals to, he gets like to, two to empty netters. He's series. already halfway there. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I like that number two. Twenty two to one is pretty good, uh, and he's obviously been pushed up the lineup, like you said, with uh, with Svech not being there. Uh, my best bet is in the in the vein of this series being kind of a tight checking lower scoring series that we expect is under 30 and a half total goals for the series. Yeah. I just see a ton of ways that this, this hits it's minus 110. So it's uh, there's not a ton of juice there, but I just really like the line. You know, if this series ends in four or five, there's no way this yeah. thing goes over 30 and a half. And even if it gets to six or seven, I think there's a chance there's that this still, yeah. stays under that 30 and a half total. So uh, lots of ways that goes right for you. I like that under quite a bit. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. But again, I think we should expect a lot of uh, 2-1, 3-2 type hockey games here. Uh, not a lot of shots either way. Very, very playoff heavy. I, if, they, if these two go to an overtime, it could it could go four or five. I mean, this this is yeah. one of those 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 this is one of those series that's going to have a you know a three three period overtime uh, in it. I feel like. Yeah. Um, Let's jump over to the the last series here in the East. I think this is probably the one that we have the biggest disagreement on, honestly. Uh, maybe yeah. even throughout the entire bracket. That's Devils Rangers. Surprising to me that the the Rangers, or excuse me, the Devils are only slight favorites here. Uh, minus 120 to the Rangers, plus 100. So Vegas expects basically a coin flip here. 
I have the Devils winning it. Eric has the Rangers. Uh, I'll go ahead and throw it to you first. You give your piece on the Rangers and just kind of uh, your take on the series as a whole, and then I'll uh, I'll respond. I think the teams match up pretty well against each other, and I think it's going to be a long series. But I think the Rangers are more built for the playoffs and are more like in their prime than the Devils are. I think they play a lot more physical hockey, especially with their back end. Jacob Truba specifically, I'm looking at you. And then their third pair, both Nico Mikola's like 6'3", 6'4", Braden Schneider, same thing, 200 pounds. Big boys play physical hockey. I think it's going to go a long way in the playoffs. They lay, lay a few big hits on Jack Hughes. I think it's going to slow him down a little bit. And then, obviously, I got my guy Patty Kane. Need me to get it that first. Um, they also have Ilya Shesterkin, reigning Vesna winner. I think uh, the only person you got – Probably the three best goalies in the playoffs are all in the Eastern Conference, Vasilevsky, Sorokin, and Shesterkin. So yep. I think it's tough to bet against those three, really. Even yeah, I think the uh, the goalie angle is the hardest argument for me to yeah. uh, to, to get past as far as the the. That's where the biggest the gaps Rangers in the two go. teams are, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, 100%. The, the, I can't argue with that. Even though I'm taking the Devils here, I, uh, I realize that the goaltending gap is fairly large here, I believe. Is Mackenzie Blackwood the... The, the Devils Vanacek, I on think. most nights. Vanacek, okay, yeah, Vanacek is there. Either either way, He's been, he was he, good I mean, this he, year, but yeah, he just I just don't know if I trust him in a, a playoff type situation. I could see him, you know, having a uh, yeah. a Tristan Jari esque meltdown like you saw for uh, for Pittsburgh last year. But um, yeah, I think that's the biggest argument that you have for the Rangers in your favor for sure. But I just love the the way this Devils team is built. I love speed when it comes to. Uh, the, the playoffs, especially long series, I think it ends up, you know, really wearing teams down. And I think the Devils have it in spades, especially yeah. with uh, Luke Hughes coming uh, coming over to the team after his his season ended in the NCAA. Yeah, I'll be interested to see make a, how many minutes make a huge getting. difference. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, he's probably, you know, you're probably looking at a 15 minute player there, just yeah. because power play you know, though. His, right, this is his first getting action involved. in the uh, in the NHL, but still, I think he'll help round out that decor a little bit. And I, I just love this devil's team. That second they line, are a lot I guess watch. it is listed as a second line. I, I don't think it's their second line, but they have uh it's Hughes, Meyer and Brat. I mean, that is just an absolutely sick line. Who's listed Meyer, on the first line with he It's uh he sure, Tatar and Mercer. So I mean, I okay. think that that's their second line, but I, I guess yeah. that might, their first line might be more of their checking line. So sometimes they get listed. Yeah listed first for that they reason started um yeah i just think speed went speed kills in this situation and they have a lot more of it than uh than the rangers do i also i talked about this earlier but i really think that the the, the additions they made were a lot more a lot more flair than substance uh I, tarasenko and kane really have underwhelmed in my opinion in a rangers uniform uh both of them i believe uh tarasenko 21 points in 31 games that's that's not bad but that's that's not what you're paying. I, I feel like, you know, that sounds fine when you hear it in a macro. Just okay, 21 points, 31 games. That's fine. He's on a 60 point ish pace. But with yeah. what you're giving up on the defensive end with him and Kane, I think you need those guys closer to a point per game to really be paying off for you. Especially when you have other elite offensive options, especially like on the power play. I mean, yeah. it's nice to have Tarasenko and Kane on your second unit, but you know, you're. Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, those are your horses you're going to ride out in the first powerful unit no matter what. So 
Um, I, I just, I thought the Rangers could have gone a different direction with their additions. And I think uh, the devil's speed will end up winning this day here for them. That's why uh, devil's in five is my favorite bet on the board at plus five fifty. pretty good odds. And uh, that would be in their home building. I think uh, they could close this one out. If they take both of their, uh, the first two at home, then it's going to be tough for the Rangers. But uh, do you want to give your best bet? Uh, I actually got Artemi Panarin most goals in the series. Um, Shocking! This is at sixteen to one. That is that, yeah. that is a misprice in my opinion. But yeah, even being on the Devils side, I I have to have to you know. I was looking at him. Panarin's and... fantastic. Yeah, I think there are a lot of players that could lead this series in goals. Though is the thing. Yeah, that's true. There is a, a ton of uh, ton of high end high end talent on both sides here. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think uh, I think the speed will end up winning the day here for the Devils, and uh, they're I like. It's their not like the Rangers are a slow team, though. I I don't. I mean, I don't know if they are. I they've got all right. So Zabanajad's a plus skater. Kreider's a plus skater. Uh, Panarin's a all plus their kids skater, are a plus skater. Yeah, no, Lafreniere and Kako are average skaters. They're not. They're not plus skaters. Kako's a pretty plus skater. skater. I. At least, like maybe that. not I like end to end wise, but like he's very strong on his feet, protects the puck well. Okay, yeah, and he has I'm good thinking, lateral I'm movement. Thinking more just pace up the ice rather than and on their that. skates strength. The Rangers but... decor also has a lot of pace to it. Fox and Miller both fly up and down the ice, but I mean they, they are slower than the Devils. I'll definitely give you that. Nobody moves like right. the Devils. In, in it the just kind of reminds me of those Pittsburgh teams a few years ago where they just had. Everybody yeah. flying up and down the ice all the time. And they, they I mean, the, those Pittsburgh I, the, teams were bigger, though. Gino and Sid were bulky guys. Meyer helps with that. He's a, yeah, he he's does. a big he does. boy. Um, and he can, obviously, he can score, too. So I, I, I think the, the Devils' youth and their inexperience in net are the two things that have me a little bit worried as far as my pick goes. But... I think um, you know if the kids don't melt in the the limelight here, then they're gonna they're gonna just outwork the not outwork the Rangers, but they're gonna just they're gonna wear them down after uh, you know five, six, seven games because of their speed. And uh, I'll take the Devils. I actually have them, I believe, uh, in my my bracket. I have them going to the Cup final uh, yeah. because. I just didn't want to pick the Bruins, even though yeah. I probably should have picked the Bruins. So. Um, yeah, I, I think I got I got them going to the conference final for sure. Though I like them a lot more than either the uh, the Hurricanes or the Islanders. Yeah. All right, let's jump over to the West here. Uh, we'll start with the uh, the number one seed in the West. Surprisingly, uh, they have not gotten any buzz at all. That is the Vegas Golden Knights playing the Winnipeg Jets. Vegas, it, it's it's kind of interesting to me because you would expect uh, a Vegas based team to probably have juicier odds than they should as far as you know you'd probably be paying a bit of a tax to bet on Vegas because obviously the big wigs that are in Vegas are going to favor their own team slightly you know you'd expect a lot of futures bets on Vegas Vegas based teams for that reason as well so to see them only favored minus 170 versus Winnipeg's plus 140 is pretty jarring i expected that to be higher uh and i kind of that kind of says something to me about where uh where this team is as far as the sharps are concerned so uh what is your general take on this series i'm gonna take the knights i just i don't like the jets as a team i feel like all their players hate playing for them i'm looking at you mark shifley but um 
they they also like they can't defend at all. Connor Hellebuck is incredible, and if they have any chance at winning the cup or this round, even in my opinion, it's going to be because of Connor Hellebuck. But other than that, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about in this series. I'll take Jack Eichel over any forward on their team. Yeah, I, I can't agree. I can't really argue with you about uh, you know any of like the the actual on paper. You're just like looking at these teams on paper, you're 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 liking the Knights a little bit more. I, I took the Jets. I, I think that's more just because I kind of expect Hellebuck to have one of these series yeah. at some point in his career where he just steals one. And I think this is a place where he can do it. You know, uh, if they're playing the Oilers, it's going to be hard for Connor Hellebuck to be, you know, the only reason that they win because at some point, Dreisaitl and McDavid are going to get theirs. But, yeah. you know, obviously you got Jack Eichel on the night side, but there's not a ton of high-end forward talent here. So yeah, I could see fair. them, you know, going cold uh, as far they're as, more like, of a as, far as the depth goes. They're more of a team, but that's definitely exactly. They don't have a lot up front. Sometimes those type of teams can, you know, run into games where they, you know, have one or two goals for four straight games because of the, you know, the lack of having that one guy that's just so electric that, you know, he's going to create a couple of goals every night, no matter what. So I think uh, that's just more of a, again, kind of a chaos pick similar to that Islander situation. I I think it's just kind of more proven, just pushing the point that this is probably more of a coin flip than you would expect it to be off the top. Um, But yeah, I don't really have much to add as far as the hockey goes. The Jets are a very flawed team. They have, you know, like you said, four or five pretty damn good players. Nick Ehlers is really underrated. Kyle yeah, Connor is really Ehlers. fun I to watch. I hope they trade Ehlers this offseason. Josh Morrissey. Did you realize this? Josh Morrissey had he could win the North. Six points this yeah. year. What the? He's ridiculous. What? How did he, that happen? When I'm pretty sure this was the first year of his new deal too. He's making like six million dollars. Yeah, that's wild. He he'd never had above thirty-seven points in his career, and it's not like he's yeah. I mean, he's not old, but he was twenty-seven yeah. this year. This is his eighth year in the league, and he he went from thirty-seven points last year to seventy-six this year. That's miraculous. But uh, yeah, beyond beyond those top three or four guys, uh, there's not a lot there. And like you said, a lot of their like Mark Shifley uh, and who is their other. Thank you, Blake Wheeler. They're other long time, uh, long time forward. There, they haven't played that well this year, and they're they're probably just not incredibly content either. There's been some some bad vibes coming out of the Winnipeg room, especially recently. But yeah, I think uh, you know, I'll just I'll just bet on Connor Hellebuck stealing a series here, and I think for for a similar similar reason, my best bet is under thirty four and a half total goals. Uh, I just think yeah. Connor Hellebuck and. Uh, you know, Vegas in the way that they play might end up limiting the total goals here a little bit. What, uh, what's your best bet? I didn't feel too strongly about anything here. I have the Knights in five though. I just, I don't like the jets very much at all. I think that Hellebuck can keep him in some games, but I think he's just going to be under siege like the entire series. hundred percent. Uh, yeah, he's going to have to be incredible for them to win it. Also, if you're a jets fan and you're listening, I know we have a ton of loyal listeners, yeah, I like Winnipeg, this one. but um, <laughs> I, I think this is a good point to make. If you're going to bet on the jets to win the cup at plus 35 or excuse, excuse me, plus 3,500 is 35 to one. You should just bypass that and bet on Hellebuck to win the consummate at 45 to one. Instead, it's better odds. And if the Jets win the cup, he will be the reason and he will win the Con Smythe. So I think and like, there's an outside shot. They make it to the cup final lose and he still gets the Con Smythe. Good point. Yeah. So you also have, you know, if he's, yeah, like you said, if he's just completely standing on his head playing nine thirty five hockey and there's not a 
complete standout on the other side points wise, then they might give him the uh, give him the nod, similar to Flurry a few years ago. I think if they if they'd made that you know a seven game series, yeah. and Flurry had kept standing on his head, he might have actually gotten some uh, some real legitimate buzz for that con Smythe. But or if it wasn't five, Alex so Ovechkin, but right. So yeah, uh, yeah sim- similar situation here where you could actually end up. You know, backdooring this con Smythe, uh, con Smythe pick even without winning. That would be uh, so the... funny as a Jets fan. You're like, fuck, <laughs> we lost, but I made all the money. <laughs> yeah, but just uh, just make make sure you, before you place your your Jets uh, future pick to win the cup, just just go take a look at that uh, the con Smythe odds instead. All right, let's hop over to the Oilers and Kings here, uh, the other Pacific Division uh, matchup. Another really, I, I, a lot of these lines I was kind of taken aback about. I think this is the one that was the most surprising to me. Uh, Edmonton opened at minus 220, which is a very, very big favorite over LA at plus 180. And it immediately moved to Edmonton minus 250 to now the LA is at, uh, LA's at plus 200. So basically what that tells you is that the people that have a lot of money that are betting on these th- uh, betting on these lines like Edmonton, even at a very, you know, heavy, heavy, you have to, you have to lay some, lay some cheddar here to, to bet on the Oilers and make any sort of money. And they, they were still willing to do it. So that tells me a lot, uh, honestly, uh, go ahead and give me your take on the series. Uh, I do have the Oilers, but as I'm sure you probably could tell from my cup favorite and dark horse, this is by far my favorite series in the West. I think the matchup is so interesting. You got all the offense on the Oilers against all the defense on the Kings. Um, the goalie matchup, also interesting. I think it's literally like the only thing that could ruin Edmonton in this series. And then if somehow the Kings manage to come out of this series, I really like their chances going forward. But I'm just really looking forward to watching Connor McDavid playing the playoffs again. Yeah, 100%. If he can you know, turn on that two point per game <laughs> tap that he turned on last year. Uh, that, and kept on most of this season. Just, yeah, I was going to say he actually was at basically two points per game in the regular season too. But um, yeah, I, I think I'm a little less bullish on the Kings than you are to, to be honest. I, I think, um, I think I agree with the sharps here. I think the Oilers high end players are better than the Kings. And I just don't see a standout skill on LA's side that they can really lean on. Like you said, they do, they do well with shot suppression. I think that would be the one, I guess, that they would have to be sta- that they would have to be standing on if they end up coming out of this series. But shot suppression can only get you so far against Connor McDavid. They remind me a lot of the Islanders so. teams that went to the conference finals a few years ago. You're right. I I just don't know if those type of teams match up really well with these like the Oilers teams that just yeah, have those guys you. that can just break a defense. Like it, there's not. There's not anybody else on the planet that can do it yeah. the way he, that Connor McDavid does it. So I, I think all the defensive structure in the world can only do so much against these type of high-end guys. So not just not the best matchup in the world for the Kings. I think better days are ahead for them, though. They're a pretty young team, and yeah. uh, you know they have a lot. They have actually a pretty decent prospect pool as well. So Brian LA Clark. Kings fans, you should be pretty psyched about your future. Uh, before we jump to the next uh, series here, I'm going to give my best bet, and that's it's pretty milk toast, but I still love the odds on it. It's Connor McDavid most goals at yeah. plus two twenty. Um, I mean, I could go on and wax poetic about how good he is at hockey, but I think uh, we've already pretty much done that. And you know, I, I still think I would be. I'm surprised this is plus two twenty. Honestly, I would I would expect this to be much closer to even money and. Like we said earlier, you can play your best players more in the playoffs than you can in the regular season. 
And uh, it's, McDavid's the best player out there. It's easy to bet on him to be the. He's the made like a more like dedicated uh, effort to shoot the puck this year too. Yeah, hundred percent. He's uh, yeah. His goal total this year was what? I mean, was it? Had he ever even gotten sixty four before? I don't think he had broken fifty. Yeah. So he, like you said, he's uh, even like last year in the playoffs. I I believe he uh, he was almost at a goal per game, and that was before you know, whatever adjustments that it is he made. Yeah, he had a 20-goal jump from his previous high in goals scored this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just easy to easy to make yeah. that pick. He had 10 goals in 16 playoff games last year, and we're seeing a better version of him this year. So God only knows how many goals this man's going to score if he gets to 16 playoff games again, but I would love to see it. Um, all right, let's jump over to... The last two series here, I think the, uh, unfortunately, being from the Central Division, these are the two least interesting series, I think, from just a, like, talking points standpoint and just kind of in general, like, hockey to be expected. Colorado and Seattle is where we'll start. Colorado, I uh, see, okay, I think this kind of illustrates my point. If you don't know much about lines and when I'm saying, you know, minus 250, minus 220, you don't really know what that means. Think about it like this. So Colorado and Seattle, if you know anything about hockey, you'd expect the Avalanche to be very heavy favorites over the, you know, the Seattle Kraken in their second year. They are a very young team. And this is just kind of one of those where you'd expect the veteran team to take care of business here. They're minus 260 to Seattle's plus 210. So barely, barely bigger, bigger favorites than the Oilers over the Kings. I think that just kind of helps illustrate my point from before, but Anyway, moving on to this uh, this series, Eric. Do you want to give your thoughts on the Kraken and the Avalanche? I don't have that many, so I want to want to just uh, branch off of what you said. Um, I don't either. Uh, great step forward for Seattle in season two, but I don't give them much of a chance at all. I have the Avs in four. My best bet is the Avs in four, but maybe they get it to five. Um, yeah, yeah. Better times are ahead, though. Maddie Berniers and Shane Wright coming. Yeah, hundred percent. I think this is just the classic. Like, this is the the surprise team this year. They, like you said, made a great step in their second season in the league. Uh, hundred points is a pretty damn good achievement for a team that was uh, bottom, you know, bottom five in the league last year. Yeah. So they made some strides, but this is just a really, really tough matchup for them. Uh, I hope I'm wrong because I am not a Colorado fan, but. Uh, I don't think they're going to have much of a chance either making this a series. I like the the odds on the sweep for Colorado. And my my best bet, just to to give a little love to the Seattle Kraken, is Maddie Beneers having the most points at plus 4,500, 45 to 1 for one of the Kraken's best players to have the most points. That should tell you what Vegas thinks of yeah. their chances of winning this series or even coming close. Uh, any any uh, any juice to the idea that Seattle won the season series two to one, or is that just totally moot in the playoffs? If before I speak on that, I would like to know if any of those three games were with Colorado healthy at all. Yeah, I I couldn't <laughs> tell you. I, I, the last game was in early March, so it was pretty recently. I think they probably had most of their guys in that uh, game. But again, it's was it's that the one? Time. Okay, that was the one they won in OT. Fair. Yeah, and that the three on three is just. It's yeah. not hockey, so I can't really. I mean, basically, that's just a tie game for our for our purposes of trying to you know evaluate how these two teams would match up against each other. I don't know. Maybe Seattle can surprise us, but um, yeah, I think the best case scenario is getting it to six, maybe seven if they're lucky. I don't yeah. just don't see any way they win it. 
um, unless, you know, Colorado runs into some injuries or something. Um, and then let's go to the last series here. Another basic, uh, basic coin flip here uh, between the Dallas Stars and the Minnesota Wild. We both have the Stars here. Um, I think both of our thoughts are pretty similar here. I think both of these teams are somewhat mediocre as far as the field is concerned compared to the rest of the playoffs, uh, playoff squads here. But we like the Stars just a little bit more pretty much across yeah. the board, both on the sides of the both like forward depth, just a little bit better. Uh, you know, defensive depth, just a little bit better. Their goaltending, just a little bit better. Um, so, you know, maybe one say, or two of those things goes the other way. But I, think I was going to say more than a little series, bit on goaltending, in my opinion. Fair, There's a good chance enough, Flower but, uh, doesn't even start all their games for Minnesota. Yeah, I I would I'd be surprised. Do you think they're going to go Flower out of the gate? Uh, I feel like Gustafson's been a much better option so far this year. Just uh, I mean, I, statistics are not always the most important thing. When Billy G just loves but, Flower so much. I think they're going to yeah, start Flower. It's going to be hard to go away for you, especially just that, that's just a very you know hockey guy thing where it's like he's he's the veteran. He's had you know had runs before. Yeah. 931. Wow, Gustafson really did play well this year. I could easily see them pivoting to him though if they lose one or two. Did you say 931? Mm-hmm. And yeah. how many games? Um 39. 37 wow. starts. Jeez. Yeah, that's not a small sample size. That's no. that's really, really high level hockey. <laughs> uh 31 goals above average, uh as or goals saved Spurs above average, average as well. Yeah. That's that's one of I actually like that metric a little bit more than um than save percentage, but uh, when the save percentage is that high, it should tell you tell you something. I mean that that's yeah. you can't sustain nine thirty one over a thirty seven game sample and be playing uh, bad hockey. Bad. But yeah, um, yeah, I think I think you laid it out pretty well. Uh, the stars have uh, with your note in here. The, the stars have the best defenseman in the series. I think Robertson and uh, Kaprizov are relative washes off the top, and then we like the stars' depth a little bit more. So. This series, I think, is a classic, you know, 55-45. Uh, yeah. You know, it could kind of go either way, but we like the Stars a little bit more. I uh, I saw your note in here about the Babelski most goals, so I just made that my best bet at yeah. plus 800. I could easily see him leading it. You know, he's uh, he's one of the top three or four options on the Stars. Could easily have, uh, you know, a couple hot games there. Oh, so he's I like the odds of plus 800. performer, too. Mm-hmm, 100%. Yeah, his, his style of goal scoring kind of translates yeah, to the playoffs yeah. a little more than most even just because you know a lot of his goals are pretty much like you know his deflections in front are unstoppable if they if they yeah. hit so you, you're not you know you're not stopping a deflection in front like you might be able to play a little bit harder defense on somebody that's just you know Good. skating around yeah. you and trying to take a shot yeah uh do you want to give your best bet i actually like yours quite a my bit my best so, bet um, is the any player hat trick in this series and i love it because Jason Robertson was like a hat trick machine this year. Kaprizov always has that chance. And then I think in Pavelski's time with the Stars, he's already had two playoff hat tricks. So there's some guys out there that can really make it happen. I think of the eight series, 220 was like the second best odds. So pretty happy with it. Surprising, I feel like, because I feel like this series more than most just from like a 360 view has a better chance of somebody having a hat trick. I guess these games are probably expected to be a little lower scoring. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Maybe because you got. Yeah. Both of these teams are pretty defense oriented. So I I could see, I think that's probably why the price is where it's at, but there's just a lot of, these teams are a bit top heavy when it comes to scoring. Yeah. They lean very heavily on. 
yeah. you could easily see, like you said, Pavelski getting a hat trick at some point, uh, Robertson getting a hat trick at some point, uh, Kaprizov obviously as well. Um, and I just, I think this is a really fun one too, because you, you know, you're never out of it. Any game yeah. that you come into, you can, you know, you, you only have to hit one all series and you win this bet and you're getting plus money on it. So you don't have to lay down a ton to win a, a decent chunk. So yeah. I think that if you don't if you don't like that bet for this series, choose a series and throw the anytime hat trick on there because that's uh, that's just a pretty fun one to follow in my opinion. All right, uh, that is going to do it for the series previews. We're going to try to uh, get a second round preview when it comes. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be tough because uh, obviously the games themselves are impossible to predict, so we're not going to oh, know yeah. exactly when the second round is going to be set. And then, uh, you know, we're going to try to work it out to where we can uh, throw out a preview for that as well, give, give you guys some best bets and maybe some updated takes as far as uh, how we view the playoffs moving forward. But we can hopefully this was helpful. Bad takes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll be we'll uh, we'll answer for our horrible takes that we just uh, just gave here. I think that's uh, you know any good podcaster just has to get up there and face the music sometimes. So hopefully, uh, when the Devils are in round two, I can come in here and crap on you about the Rangers being shit. So are you talking uh, all about Showtime? <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll we'll definitely try to make that happen, but uh, we will let you guys know what is going on here. We'll try to get this posted tomorrow morning. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday, get those bets in because most of the games start tomorrow night, I guess, or half of them start tomorrow on Monday and then um, half of them start Tuesday, I believe. So let's get ready to watch some playoff hockey, even though I don't have a team uh, in it this year. It's just it's always so much fun to watch, man. And yeah, I, uh, I can't wait. Hope those comebacks keep coming. Yeah, give us give us some overtime games, too. I believe there was a there was a prop that was. Uh, over under overtime games total in the first. I round did see like that too. I would take the over hundred percent. Yeah, that's fun all to day. Too. I mean, that that's just that's a good. Do time you know well, if so. that's overtime periods? No, I, I think it's total. It's games that go to overtime. At least the one that okay. I saw. Maybe there's a different prop that you know lets you bet on that specifically. But I think it'd be a little bit higher. If, yeah. If yeah. it was uh, if it was total overtime periods. I was trying to work too, the though. system. <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to screw over DraftKings. They probably had, yeah, you know, any number of people than trying to do the same shit, right? Uh, all right, guys, we're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll again be coming with a little bit more fantasy hockey content, or excuse me, just hockey content in general. Probably do a draft preview at some point as well, assuming this, uh, you know, this this goes okay. But yeah, we'll be seeing a little starts. bit more, seeing and hearing a little bit more of Eric on the Fantasy Network. So thank you for jumping in here uh, on this one, and uh, we will talk to you guys soon. So peace out. Do you see this end thing from Justin or not? <laughs> no. I think I'm just we're just gonna have to leave the leave the room. That'll end it, I'm sure. All right, see ya.